Hi, welcome all. It's almost uh, more than 15 days now. Once again, we're back to uh, Upanishad sessions. As uh, Patrick said, it was almost like a one year. Many people used to send me the message and they were inquiring when you are going to uh, resume the sessions. Today, now we are back. Uh, in, the la in the previous uh, session, Bindoji could elaborately uh, discussed on the very beautiful karikas like Prapancho Yadividdeta Nivartetana Samshayaha Maya Matramidam Dvaitam Advaitam Paramarthataha. That was the most beautiful uh, discussion on the Mandukya. And after that, Bindoji dealt the Vikalpo Vinivarteta Kalpito Yadikena Chet Upadeshadayam Vadu Dnyate Dvaitam Navidyate. So these two karikas very, very important and he could uh little touched upon the mantra eight but uh, as there was a long gap uh, bindoji will be uh, just recapping something and then uh, take it forward from the eighth mantra this session is a special one because we had a most beautiful time in bangalore a clubhouse meet a one-to-one -one and face-to-face -face meeting was so wonderful I think under the nose of uh, uh, Bindoji, the entire uh, meeting went well and we enjoyed a lot. There were so many discussions, so many conversations. It was put together a successful, nice event. The whole credit goes to our Vinodji in organizing and everybody supported him. It was good. Uh, today, once again, we're back to the Upanishad session. I request Bindoji to continue. Thank you. Thank you, Anadol. Thanks. Om Namo Brahmadibhyo Brahmavidya Sampradaya Kartribhyo Vamsirishibhyo Mahadbhyo Tamo Gurubhyaha Shankaram Shankarajajim Keshavam Badarayanam Sutravashikritav Vande Bhagavantav Punapunaha Ishvaro Guru Ratmedi Murtibeda Vibhagine Vyomavat Vyapta Dehaya Dakshinamurtaye Namaha Om Badram Karne Vishrunuyama Deva Badram Pashe Makshabir Yajatra Spirai Rangai Sushtu Vagum Sastanubihi Vyashema Deva Hitam Yadayu Sustina Yindro Vridhasravaha Sustina Pusha Vishavedaha Sostinastakyo Arishtanemihi Sostinobrihaspadil Dadadu Om Shanti 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 Pratyam Shupratanais Tirajaranigarap Gapivil Vyapyalokan Bhuktva Bogan Savishtan Punaravidishano Basitan Kama Janyan Pitwa Sarvan Visheshan Sopiti Madurabhum Maya Bojayano Maya Sankyam Turiyam Paramamurdamajam Brahma Yetanatosmi Yo Vishwatma Vidija Vishayan Prasya Bogan Stavishtan Paschaschanyan Swamiti Vibhavan Jodisha Svena Sukshman 
ಸರ್ವಾನೇದಾನ್ಪುನರವಿಶನೈಸ್ವಾತ್ಮನಿಸ್ಥಾಪಯಿತ್ವಾತ್ಮನಿಸ್ಥಾಪಯಿತ್
What is beyond the Trikala means past, present and future. Beyond that, what is there? Tatapi Omkara Even that is Omkara only. So the first mantra was on the Omkara. Where we found that this was not at all referred by the Upanishad till now. In the second to seventh mantra. It didn't touch Omkara at all. It started with the second mantra which says, Sarvam hiyatat brahma, ayamatma brahma, soyamatma chatushpat. Sarvam hi etat brahma. When in the sarvam omkara is the first sentence, in the second sentence it said that sarvam hi etat brahma. Everything is brahma. So now this Upanishad has to link between the first sentence and the second mantra because both places Sarvam Brahma Sarvam Omkara. There are the two words which have been used in both explaining these two mantras. And in the second mantra it said, I am Atma Brahma. And then said, Soyam Atma Chatushpat. This Atma is indeed Brahma, which is a Mahavakya for the Advaitis. And this Atma, Sa I am Atma Chatushpat is to be understood in the fourfold or four aspects of it. Then the month, then the Upanishad straight away went to explain what is this Atma in Chatushpad in the Jagrat Sopna Sushupti and the state of seventh mantra which is giving the Chaturta. Chaturta Manyandesa Atma Savitneyaha. It is what the seventh mantra said. So the second mantra to the seventh mantra is aspect of what is being told by the Upanishad as the experience of every one of us and how it is related to the seventh mantra which is talking about beyond the three because we know ourselves only as limited individuals having waking dream and deep sleep but beyond the, the trikala titam the beyond the three states of experience Tadapi Omkara Eva, Tadapi Brahma Eva. That is what it is all Brahma is about. Which was explained by very cryptic and indicative or directive words by the seventh mantra, which is saying na anda pratnam na bahi pratnam na obeda pratnam na pratnyanaganam na pratnam. All these mantras, all these words were used for indicating that which cannot be indicated. And then the Upanishad understood that, you know, the benevolent Upanishad, as we call it as, understood that there will be middling intellects and lower intellectual people who have not been able to do the introspection in the words of the Upanishad mantras, which have been there in the seventh mantra. It is very difficult. Because we are talking about something which is indescribable using words, where the words have its own limitations. So how can anybody directly grasp the indicative meaning when the apparent meaning or the virtual meaning of the literary meaning of the word is not going any indication of what it can be? Because it is all said in the negative way. Negative in the sense, not as a criticism, 
but as not possible to explain type of a thing na anda pratyam it is not the the awareness which is in the inner bosom which we are experiencing as the subtle or the memory emotions feelings etc are also anda pratyam so when it is being saying na anda pratyam we are not able to indicate as to where we should be looking for the answer or where to place it to i know what it is being indicated about it so to address to those people who have not been able to directly grasp the meaning of the seventh mantra or the second to seventh mantra the import of the upanishad the benevolent upanishad is giving a concession by bringing a word om ityetat aksharam idam sarvam all this can be understood by the word om now here we should understand that the word aksharam has got two meanings that which do not decay is one meaning naksharam isya or the other meaning is alphabet now the word aksharam indicated here om iti etat aksharam idam sarvam this indescribable all indeclinable or indecable non decaying aspects of the letters indicated by the word om is representing of sarvam which is brahma sarvam etat brahma is the second mantra so we are now being given an anchor to meditate upon the as finer aspects of brahman exactly like how we have been told by the seventh mantra by negating the understanding which we were having about our own reality for a upadi nimittam or using a tool or an instrument how to meditate upon the omkara which is a representational for the brahma or the turiya brahma both are same i'll come to that later now the how does the words of omkara can be used to understand that waking dream and deep sleep is all about in the mantra 8 9 10 and 11 so we will go through the mantras 8 9 and 10 to how does these words of akara ukara makara is what makes the word om come out of you know a composite formation to make the word om now that word is representing brahma and how does the akara ukara makara come into play or how should we understand these three things to know that how they are representing the three aspects of our thing and how does the fourth pada chaturtam manyandesa atma savitneya how does where does that reside in the word om is to be understood by this mantras while we are going into that we should understand that there are certain aspects which we should remember from the karika which yadaveda was telling that 
ప్రపంచో ఎది విద్యేత నివర్తేద న సంశయ మాయా మాత్రం ఇదం ద్వైతం అద్వైతం పరమార్థత ఇస్ అ వెరీ ఇంపార్టెంట్ కారిక దట్ ఈస్ ద సెవెంటీన్త్ కారిక బిఫోర్ ద ఎయిత్ మంత్ర ప్రపంచ ఎది విద్యేత ఈఫ్ ద గ్రాస్ వర్ల్డ్ ఈస్ రియలీ ఎక్సిస్టింగ్ న నివర్తేద సంశయ ఇట్ క్యాన్ నెవర్ బి nullified or negated since the prapancha is getting negated in our our own experience when we go to the deep sleep the whole world including us our own existence our name our body our association our own individuality is getting negated as in the experience of the deep sleep therefore the prapancha is getting negated in our own experience on every day basis or every time every time when we are into a sushupti avastha or the deep sleep state therefore the karika gaudapada says that maya matram idam this is only an appearance maya the word used is not unreal the word maya it doesn't mean unreal that which is appearing but has no reality of its own is what is called maya na vidyate samaya yasa na vidyate samaya that which by independently it is not having an existence that is what is maya when that is all the dvaitam all means all duality when we scrutinize them in detail we will know that that duality has no real existence advaitam paramarthada the non dual substratum or awareness or existence is only reality vikalpo vinivarteda kalpido yadi kenachit ubadeshad ayam bado jyate dvaitam na vidyate the 18th karika says that all these vikalpa created by the maya when it is vinivarta when it is being removed by the upadesha that is the time when the reality of advaita is known and when the advaitam paramarthata that reality of advaitam is known nyate dvaitam na vidyate when that is known there is no place for the duality to exist now how does that gets negated or relieved by if you are not understood by the jagrat swapna sushupti the avastatre nirupanam by analyzing our waking dream and deep sleep the upanishad now enters into explaining what is it called is that omkara nirupanam omkara nirupanam in the sense that it is using omkara as a prop to explain the same jagrat swapna sushupti as our experiences how do we have to understand this aspect of jagrat swapna sushupti merging or experiences to be analyzed similar to the words aka a u and ma in the om is what it is to be 
understood by the 8th, 9th, 10th and 11th mantras. Before I go to the 8th mantra, for those who have not understood what Akara, Ukara, Makara, the alphabets in Sanskrit Devanakari, A is mentioned as Akara. The word Kara is used to indicate the alphabet A. And Ukara means it is only what when the word Ukara is used, there is no word Ukara, but the Ukara is the word for U. Just like when we say A for apple, the A4 is indicated to stand as an as a representational word alphabet, which is there inside the apple, the word. So, but definitely A is not apple. But the A can be seen inside apple. So the word used for is used in between between A and apple. Same way we in the Sanskrit they used word kara. Kara means the the word alphabet A. Akara means alphabet A. Ukara means alphabet U. Makara means alphabet Ma. Now the A and U are vowels. They are called Swara in Sanskrit. Swara, Swayam Rajate Iti Swara. They can stand independently. They don't need to lean upon anything. The alphabet A can R can stand by itself. It doesn't need the support of any other thing. U also doesn't have to support. But that is not the case when it comes to Ma, Makara. The Ma cannot be uttered without a alphabet joined to it. Therefore, ma has actually two components to it. Ma and a put together is ma. The word mother, when we use the word mother in that ma is there, no? That ma has got m and a, a. That is ma and a. The ma alone is called ardhamatra means half a syllable, whereas A and U are purna or complete by itself, it is called one matra. So if you look at the word Om, when A and U is coming side by side, it is called Parasannikarsham. When they come together, the phonetic basic is that they merge together to form O. A and U you can say separately, but when they come together side by side, they have to merge together to become O. That is why in the Omkara, we hear the word O. But O when we are hearing, we should understand it is the mixture of or the joint alphabets of A and O. So, A and E, you get A. Same way like that, there are words which you get, uh, where, where alphabets which are generated in the vowels, when two vowels come together. But that type of a join doesn't take place when the consonant comes from, from in the case of consonants. Consonant can come with alphabet, then they complete by itself, they stand by own, like ma, pa, 
all those things can. But when it is coming with another consonant, half syllable of the first consonant and the half syllable of the second consonant merge together. So that is called a combined yuktakshara or joined, joined consonant word alphabet. In the case of Omkara, O is a being a joined word of two alphabets of vowel nature. It has an independent existence. O can stand by itself. But M cannot stand by itself. It needs to lean upon an, a vowel. So it joins with the O to complete the formation, then it becomes OM. Because M after that R doesn't come, otherwise OMA will would have come. But MA is not used, only M is used, therefore O plus M, OM is coming. Why I am splitting and explaining this word is that the meditation which is being explained by the mantras need you to understand this thing. This is basically for people who are not familiar with the Devanagari or the Sanskrit syllables and understanding it. But those who are of Indian origin, who knows the vernacular language, they will definitely will not have any problem in understanding that. So we have the three aspects of Akara, Ukara, Makara, means alphabets A, U, and M. Makara, even though it is said Ma, here the Makara will have only the half syllable M. So when all these two together, you get Om. So the eighth mantra says that Soyam Atma Adhyaksharam Omkaram Omkaraha Adhimatram Pada Matra Matrascha Pada Akara Ukara Makara Iti. Now the mantra, the Upanishad mantra is defining the Om is the Ma Adhimatram. Adhimatram here, the word Adhimatram is then one which has gone beyond the measures. Matra means measure. Adhimatra means Adhikritya Matra. It is beyond the three matras of Akara, Ukara, Makara. But Omkara is beyond the three. That means there is a fourth aspect to it. Pada Matra, Matra Cha Pada. Pada Matra means quarter is the measure. And measure is in the quarters. So there is Ananya Beda, I mean, there is no difference between the alphabets and the measures in the form of Akara, Makara, Ukara, uh, Akara, Ukara, Makara, Iti. These are the three alphabets which are being used. How does that Omkara is being said? Soyam Atma Adhyaksharam. Adhyaksharam, Adhikritya Aksharam. Aksharam means, I told you, that can that which can have no decay or it can be the the word aksharam alphabet adhyaksharam means that which is adhikritya aksharam is the word meaning that stand means which is beyond the concept of decay now here if you look at the first three first three words so i am atma is exactly what is there in the second mantra. Soya Matma Brahma. I am Atma Brahma. Soya Matma Chatushpad. 
saha ayam atma chatushpad now this atma should be understood in the chatushpad that chatushpad or the fourfold aspect of atma which was told in the second mantra standing for om is the same thing which is standing for brahma is explained by the akara ukara makara which are in the quarters by the word omkara this is the eighth mantra the is indicating that now this upanishad is going to take us through a process of meditation of using the letters a u m and forming the omkara and adimatra adyaksharam even beyond the three now how does that formation come about the 7th 8th 9th mantra says jagaridasthanah vaishwanarha akara pradama matra aptehe adimatvad apnodihavai sarvan kaman adischa bhavati ya evam veda vaishwanara we know that jagrat was explained in the in the third mantra as were the gross is experienced by us the gross experiences is of the individual is called vishwa and vaishwanara in the in the cosmos micro and macro cosmic so here the jagaridasthana again referring to that experiences of the gross in nature is represented by akara to indicate vaishwanara now why how does the word akara how does the alphabet akara stand for vaishwanara prathama matra any language or any human being want to utter name or anything to him the first which he has to do is to open his mouth and the opening of the mouth is the indication of the word akara and akara is happening the first sound produced at the throat level kandastha kandasthanam in the throat when the when the air passes through the sound which is produced when the mouth is open is akara therefore the first experience when we come out of the deep sleep is also the gross experiences so vaishwanara or vishwa experience of the jagrat is indicated by the word akara which is a prathama matra the first measure aapte adimatvadva adimatvad being the first alphabet for uttering any anything with the name any name to be uttered you need to open your mouth and therefore it is adimat means the first syllable which will come out and it is apnodiha vai sarvan all that which is experienced in the waking as vishwa or vaishwanara at the loss at the microcosmic level or macrocosmic level is pervaded by the the opening of the mouth means here representing that they are all pervaded by names and forms the names and forms representing is what is the we call it as jagrat or the gross experience 
and all karma all the desires one which is being done by that one who meditates upon that as a concentration for him all his desires this is the word the enticing of the upanishad is doing forcing the people to do the meditation those who have not understood the import of the deep meaning of the upanishad to entice them saying that their desires will get form will be fulfilled yeah evam veda please understand that all your desires who is meditating upon the akara as vaishwanara who is coming in the form of jagrat or the gross experience is to be meditated as the akara of the omkara in the omkara because only jagrat is not our experience only the waking is not or the gross is not our experience we have the subtle experience of the dream or the you know the subtle world or the sushukti or the deep sleep where there is no cognition of the subtle or the gross but those who are gross in the level of their understanding they will be and they will be enticed by this chanting of akara when they are chanting omkara their concentration will be on to the a ah, when it is coming and those who are concentrating only on the a ah, as even though they are chanting as om but with the you know in highlighting of the akara for them the upanishad says that desires of the world of gross world will be the result then the next mantra says that swapnasthanah taijasa ukara dvitiya matra the dvitiya matra the second measure is represented by the word ukara the word u which is representing the swapnasthana or the subtle experience of taijasa and hiranyagarbha at the micro level it is taijasa in the macro level it is hiranyagarbha both are represented by the word ukara उत्कर्षात उभयत्वात उत्कर्षति हवै ज्ञान संततिं समानश्च भवति न अस्य अब्रह्मविद कुले भवति स एवं वेदा व्हाट डज इट से दिस द्वितीया मात्रा द सेकंड मेजर हैज गॉट एन उत्कर्ष उत्कर्ष मीन सुपीरियोरिटी उभयत्वाद बिटवीन द टू बिकॉज it is sandwiched between the non experience of the deep sleep and the grossness of the world of waking therefore it is the link between the gross and the non experience of the deep sleep therefore the reach of that is touching both means it is pervading into the gross and pervading into the deep sleep where the the ukara will dissolve in the makara where the 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 subtleness when it becomes feeble and feeble you slip into the deep sleep so we you cannot really say where is the boundary for the ukara or where the boundary when it did leave the gross to become subtle this is from our own experiences when we look at even in the waking we are 60 to 70% time in the subtle world 
either in the form of memories or daydreaming or worried about the you know future and uh, you know anxious anxious about the future and worried about what about happened to the past and we are never in the present very little time is uh, we are in the present where we know the grossness of the waking world is understood most of our experience in even in though we are say we are in the jagrat avastha it is pervaded by the sapna avastha or the subtle aspect of the memory or the hallucination daydreaming or imaginations therefore there is a superiority for the ukara because of the utkarshati utkarsha means superiority of this one also jnana santati santati means continuity the waking world is continuing into the dream world therefore when we are seeing the subtle world also what has been experienced in the waking world only comes majoritarily in the dream world or the subtle world our worries about the past and the anxiety of the future has components which have been gathered in the waking as reference or data for the subtleness to function the subtleness per fun per se cannot function without the reference of of what knowledge we have gathered in the waking therefore there is a jnana santati means continuity of the awareness or the knowledge of the waking pervading into the subtleness but the subtleness being the subtle in nature has the superiority because it can pervade into the waking and when it becomes diminished and nullified it slips into the deep sleep and one who meditates upon the ukara of the omkara as his priority or the subtleness more into the subtle aspects of the omkara na asya brahmavit kule bhavati in in his lineage everyone will become knower of brahman ya evam veda this is what is the benefit of doing this upasana is what the mandukya says that so akara you will get the gross world of your desires when you are doing the ukara as a, your meditation for the omkara the priority with the ukara or the subtleness you are ensuring that there is no uh, that the persons who are all coming with subtle aspects of the mind and they are able to logically and think more into that basically creating an environment where people can think into subtle aspects of life this is the 10th mantra is about and the 11th mantra is about the sushupta sthana sushupta sthana pratnya makara tritiya matra mite apite va minoti havai ya va idam sarvam apnoti cha bhavati ya evam veda sushupta sthana pratnya makara tritiya matra the third matra tritiya matra is represented by makara makara doesn't have the akara so only ma is there when we say om the ending of the om is with the makara or the ma which is not vivid not explicitly heard by anybody because we are some sort of a drooling or drowning that sound drowns in that into that 
humming that is what is the makara of that something similar to what we are slipping into the deep sleep we never know when we slept when we slipped into the deep sleep same way when the omkara when it is being uttered we no the nobody can understand exactly when did you stop the omkara uttering of the omkara that is the there is a similarity between the matra of the tritiya matra and that is what it is leading to the they representing the sushupta sthana means there is no you know grossness nor subtleness but it is almost like fading into a deep sleep state mite apiteva now the mita and apita these are the two words used here that is mita is to measure now here this word is used by the mite and apiteva is in the used in the upanishad to represent that that is the what you call the the base or the vessel in which the subtle and the gross gets merged into it like a measuring jar in which there is emptiness at the same time there is a limitation for the emptiness in which you can fill up the grain so the the measuring jar looks like as if filled by that basically what it is says that it is that in which you can merge the gross and subtle and from that this gross and subtle comes out again so mita is a measure and apita is a, is it into which the solution takes place and one who meditates like this for him he is in a state where he has totally dissolved the gross and subtle and it becomes the vessel or the container or which in which he has dissolved his own individuality in the omkara upasana he more no more identifies with the ego no more identifies with the individuality nor with his world of experiences of the gross nor with the world of experiences of the subtle both the subtle world and the gross world is merging and vanishing in his bosom when he does the omkara makara on the thing and when that such a makara is happening what happens is that in he is the one who is dissolved all his world of experiences and therefore he crosses over beyond the third into the amatra now that fourth amatra is being explained in the 12th mantra whereas in the karika if you look at it i'm just taking the three karikas which are related to, to the three mantras because they are basically paraphrased the same words of the mantra in the form of karika that's all vishyasya tu avivekchayam adi samanyam utkadam matra asampratipattau yasyat api samanyam evacha apti samanyam evacha now the letters which are used in the case of vishwa the ninth mantra jagaridasthana what is being akarastavavati that is being explained here as this vishwa is identified by the letter avikshyam adi samanyam is the the first 
letter which is being used in that utkaram matra that is which is primarily that is the one with with the with which every word or everything can be named or experienced and and it pervades every name and form so therefore there is pervasiveness of that the akara of the grossness in all our experiences so we cannot think of vishwa or the world for us whether it is jagra sapna sushupti it is it is being analyzed assimilated logically in investigated all from the waking world only in the jagaridastana therefore vishyasyatu avivakshaya that is the reason why the vishwa or the akara which is representing the vishwa has got the utkadam or the superiority for the for the analysis part of it and all perceivedness that even the experiences of the dream can be analyzed not in dream but only in the waking even the deep sleep when we don't have an experience that can be analyzed investigated thought upon and dealt upon only in the waking therefore the vishwa because of the perse pervasiveness to the other two states possible from the point of view waking has this control over the analytical aspects of it taijasya tu avijnana utkarsha drishyate spudam mata asam matra asampratipatto syad ubayatvam ta tadavitam virtually this is the repetition of the ninth and tenth mantra where taijasa is being explained the letters u in the onkara representing taijasa to be identified for again the superiority is for the is because of it has both one side the gross other side is the deep sleep so it is the this the sandwich between the gross and the and the deep sleep so therefore there is this middleness which is there for the uh, sushupta taijasa and therefore the taijasa has pervasiveness into the gross and the subtle and that thing and the 21st mantra says makara makara bhave pratyatnyasya manasa manasamanyam utkadam matra sampratipatto laya samanyam evacha now the makara bhava when the letter ma is used in the pratnya for to represent pratnya it is the measure where as i explained in the previous mantra for the 9 the 11th mantra the it is it is a container or the measure in which both the dissolution of the gross and subtle takes place and where we have no experiences so that represent this thing. now comes the actual upasana how does we do this the upanishad doesn't instruct the upasana per se but having given the nature of akara ukara and makara the fourth aspect has not been told so amatra is the reason amatra means where there is no matra or no alphabet the fourth quarter which is also is used as amatra is 
because there is no akara ukara makara in that one beyond the akara ukara makara is standing for yaschanya trikala adidam tadappi omkara eva even that is omkara because omkara chanting cannot exist unless the substratum of silence as a base is not there the ah when you hear the ah it is the the substratum of this absence of the ah in which the ah can be heard u can be heard m can be heard so when you say and chant om after om there is a gap between the next om comes this gap between one om to another om is called the amatra where there is no matra or no measure or no akara ukara makara is there that is what is representing what is the substratum of the turiya or where we discussed about in the mantras of second onwards to the seventh mantra where we said no in which when the gross appears the in that awareness which cannot be described which which is not accessible in which the gross objects when appear we call it as waking same way the akara when the silence it comes we start uttering the word om when the gross subtle and the dissolution of the the three happens we are slipping back to the same thing so if you look at the omkara and our experience of jagrat swapna sushupti and the turiya in which the jagrat swapna sushupti can exist the ekatna pratyasaram that i which is the turiya atma ayamatma brahma this brahma when the jagrat swapna sushupti comes the individuality is felt but when the three are dissolved there is no individuality still when we as a as a witness to that that i had a waking i had a dream i had a deep sleep so i have to be different from the waker dream and deep sleep that i which is devoid of the waking dream and deep sleep is the that essence of ekatma pratyasaram and when does it happen prapanchopashamam the prapanch what is the prapancha prapancha or the world of experiences are the waker dream and the deep sleeper when that upasalamam or when the dissolution of that takes when the omkara utterance stops in both the cases we are landing in the same substratum of it is not a shunyata the buddhists understood that it is a shunyata if it is shunyata it will not be known because shunyata is something which can never be known the shunyata which by mistake we call as shunyata is the absence of something the absence is abhava not shunya so abhava abhava means absence of bhava or absence of the existence of something is what we call it as shunyata but shunyata never happened because even that is known that the silence after the om 
is existing in which the next home comes. Same way, the witness which is knowing the waking dream and deep sleep is still present, which is saying that I had a waking experience, I had a dream experience or had a deep sleep. I knew my experiences were changing to me. So therefore, I am separate from that. That is the substratum. So this is what it has to be understood from the point of view when, when we say that how the Omkara Upasana and our experience of Jagra Sopna Sushupti have to be done as an indicative of the vendor when you chant Akara Ukara Makara as Om. We don't hear the Akara Ukara Makara separately, but transition is indescribable. When did the A become the U to become the O to, to end up with the Ma Om? We cannot say. But we can definitely say that it is in that silence that I uttered the OM. Or it is in that substratum of non-verbal OM, the absence of the verbal OM, I could place myself in that so that I can see the OM appearing when I am chanting in the mind or when I am chanting loud. That merging back into that silence or that substratum is taking me back to my Turiya state or exactly when ha what happens in the Jagra Sopna Sushupti as seen from happening in me or in my awareness when the waking dream and deep sleep happens. I am the one who is seeing it. I am not part of the waking. I am not part of the dream, not the part of the deep sleep. I am the observer of that. Same way the silence is the observer of the Akara Ukara Makara which becomes the OM and becomes silent again. This cycle of coming, going and coming, going is what is called, we, we understand that as life. Prapanchopashamam, when it happens, what remains is ekatma pratyasaram, akham, aham, that saatma savitneha, that is your nature. That is what is should be understood, is what the Upanishad has been telling that. First, I explaining our experiences. Now here giving the prop of the word Akara, Ukara, Makara. When you want to use it as a prop, because some people cannot mentally conceive the dissolution of breaking into dream and dream into deep sleep and the beyond the three. Those people can use the prop of Akara, Ukara, Makara, but you will not be able to separate out when akara became ukara or ukara merged into makara to become a silence again but when you hear the word omkara you should be able to understand this is how the experiences of when the omkara comes the waking world comes the world of experience comes when the omkara becomes silent i am all by myself i am the turiya i am the awareness in which the world of experiences appeared and disappeared this is how the meditation has to be practiced. Now with Kariga from 22 onwards to 28. And in between we have the 12th mantra which is talking about the same, the Turiya aspect of it. Which we will be doing dealing in the Friday class. So I will stop it here. Om Purnamada Purnamidam Purnat Purnamudachyate 
Purnasya Purnamadaya Purnamevavashishyate Om Shanti 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 Hari Om Sri Guru Vyonamaha Hari Om Thank you. Tanivada, everyone. Thank you. Thank you very much, uh, Bindoji. It was great. Beautiful explanation. Uh, I think now uh, the room may be open for question answer uh, session. If anybody have any uh, clarifications, you may ask Bindoji. Uh, I request to raise your hand and come up to the speaker's panel and request you to ask any clarifications. Thank you. Can I ask a question? Yes, please. Um, so, the Om, um, can I say that it is the nonverbal language of uh, the nonverbal vibrational language of Atma? We can say that uh, instead of Atma, I would use the Brahma. Om is Ekaksharam Brahma. So, Om is representing Brahma. And it is non-verbal in the sense that no other object has the same name. Or you can never think of anything else other than Brahma. Because it is inclusive of all those things. Which I have explained in my first class, if you remember it. The I is the beginning of the first alphabet. Any, any language can open. You have to open your mouth. M is the when you close your mouth, you cannot utter any more alphabet after that. So from the opening of the mouth to the ending of the mouth, with the lip getting closed, all names and forms in all languages can be included. In. And names and forms are represented by letters or names. So verbal, what you mean say, say is that all the verbal things are included in the one alphabet called OM. It is neither religious, it is not specific to any particular religion or a philosophy. It is a word which was derived in the Vedas for the purpose of representing the one which is inclusive of everything. Sarvam Khaluidam Brahma. Everything this indeed is Brahma or the Brahma has to be explained this. Instead of a word Brahma, they found out that one formation of a to M and keeping the U as a subtleness in between the A and U and M, all languages all over the world, people will have to use between the A and M. Every name and form can be depicted by that, which is indicating the representing that everything. So OM will be more of a representational word for Brahma, not for Atma. Atma is a limited aspect of Brahma when it is that. But in principle, they are not different. It is just like the sunlight and the reflection of the sunlight are not different. But the reflection happening on a limited surface will limit the light to that extent, same way. But principle-wise, the light is not different. That is how we have to understand. Thank you, Bindu. Bindu ji, Hari Om. Can you hear me, Bindu ji? 
Yes, yes, Mungit. Harion. Uh, this is a you know open issue. This is portion I was waiting for for the Onkaro Pasna. Uh, it is so well laid out, Vinoji. Uh, uh, thank you for laying it out so nicely. Uh, few questions on this. Uh, first time we are seeing the overlap from a uh, Akara Samanya into U and uh, Makara. Uh, right. So there, there's a desire um, fortification of the Akara to the Makara fortification of, you know, experience of Brahman and, you know, in the Ukara and then the Makara to the, you know, uh, it will be uh, dissolving into the uh, Turiya. Now, this this sequence, there may be some uh, uh, quality to it. Uh, is that a desire is Akara, means from Akara everything, you know, it's Akara Samanya for every manifestation, even name and form. Is that a reason why it is put in as a, you know, desire to a Ukara Utkarsha that will, you know, lift it up to more experiential than the Makara, which will eventually dissolve? What is the reason? Any thoughts, Vindoji? Well, see, in the tradition, we have something called Falasruti for every action because we are, this is not being addressed to the today's generation or the modern man but it is applicable to the modern man no doubt but the upanishad when it was being told it was being told to the karma kandin or those people who are very much engrossed in the vedic you know activities of doing everything for a return like putragamo yajeda for a son they will do a yaga swargakamo yajeda for a swarga for the heaven they will do yaga everything they need a result so to entice people those who are not into the path of the upanishad and the upanishad is addressing the upasaka which is the the you know the the people who are sitting on the wall they don't know which side they have to go whether they should go to the karmakanda or whether they should go to the jnanakanda to entice or to make them more uh, this thing these falasruti type of words are introduced in the 9th, uh, 9th, 10th and 11th mantra. Only you there you will find. And even the 11th mantra, it is not a falasruti type of thing. It's a statement of fact. Whereas it is there in the 10th and uh, 9th and 10th. In the 9th, it says that all the kamas will be fulfilled. I mean that the grossest person, he's interested in his gross experiences and gross desires being fulfilled to entice him the word kaman the word is, is being used there say to say that you know he his desires will get fulfilled he he does a uh, upasana on the in the sarvan kaman adischa bhavati so that is the word that sarvan kaman all the desires will be fulfilled if you do the upasana on the akara it is not really saying that akara the, is resulting in the karma. He will realize that the akara is not needed for his karmas to be fulfilled. When the knowledge arises, he knows, he will come to know that the desires are nothing but expressions from the ignorance that I thought that is separate. The jagrat is separate from me. And when it is getting fulfilled, he has no more desire to know in the, what is happening in the world of waking. Because he knows that that is an expression of myself in the waking in the waking world, so all his karmas gets fulfilled. Now, in the case of 
in the Sushupta, the one who is in the uh, Ukara main predominant thing, that Sopnastana, the subtleness, na Brahma Abrahma with Kule Bhavati. He will never take birth in a Brahkula where there is no Brahma with. It means he will be always in the knowledge of in the in the in the group of people or in the lineage of people where there will be Brahma Upasakas because to Brahma Upasana is part of the Vedic tradition. So to entice those people also, they may not be as cross as the other people who are into the worldly affairs, but they are also into the Vaidika Upasana where Brahma Upasana is part of it. So to entice those people, as a Palasruti, it is mentioned that Brahma with Kule Bhavati. But in the 10th, 11th mantra, it is said, Idam Sarvam Apitischa Bhavati. All these things becomes dissolved. Apiti means dissolved. That means your gross desires or your thinking that you are a body person because Brahma with Kule Bhavati is indicating that you are a bodied person, that even your body, which association which you have in your, uh, in the Upasana, that also get dissolved when you come to the Sushuptasthana. In the Sushuptasthana or in the Makara, where is a Brahma, 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 Brahmana, Brahmana, or no Brahmana, Kshatriya, nothing of that there. In the deep sleep, the mosquito, the lion, the human being, the king, the beggar, everybody is the same. It's all dissolved into one. So that is being explained by idam sarvam apitishtabhavati. All this idam sarvam means everything what you thought as other than you dissolves into you, which is the measure in which everything is coming out. So that is the way in which the 11th mantra is being concluded by the Upanishad. Yeah, this gives a complete clarity, Bindaji. Palashruti is uh, concluded now. Uh, thank you for this. Uh, in the beginning, I did, it may not be out of, maybe say out of syllabus, uh, you can answer this. If we started with the Maya, uh, doesn't have an independent existence. That's how we started today. Can we yes. look at it in an other way? Uh, is that Maya can be positioned as a dependent reality? Hence, we are analyzing and dissolving it. Okay, so the, the snake, when it is being experienced, it is a reality. But when knowing that the snake was nothing but the rope, the dependency of the rope, where will you apply it upon? The snake is dependent on the rope. Without the rope, the snake cannot exist. So the snake experience is a dependent reality of the rope. Same way, this world of experiences is maya because that is not a reality. Therefore, it is a dependent reality on what? The substratum of the pure awareness. In the pure awareness, when we, when we create a mental separation that I am separate and the world is separate, that separation is due to the non-apprehension of the substratum of the awareness because here I will, I will give you one example. If I uh, use the word orange to you, 
can you say what is orange without the adjectives of the orange nor the color nor the taste none of the sense organ should be able to define that without that senses defining the qualities of that object can you say what is an orange no no so what we know as objects and experiences in the world is what our sense organs are deluding us as independently existing the orange doesn't exist without the color without the taste of the orange or without the shape of the orange without the touch of the orange sensation if those things are not there the orange itself is not but you cannot say that nothing is existing you will say it without the definite adjectives that existence of an it without the adjectives is what is called sat or satyam or satyatyanam anandam or satchidanandam what we call it as the existence awareness and bliss is the on which when you add the color of the orange the taste of the orange the shape of the orange the touch of the orange and all those things the sat which is in the form of existence becomes the orange same way anything in the world if you look at it it is on the existence which is in the form of awareness its existence itself is awareness on that you add the four leg as avayavas or the you know parts then the shape of the cow the milk of the cow the horns the leg the ears the eyes the tail everything which you appreciate they are all parts of that but the parts per se is not the cow but the ex- the experience of the cow is total some some total of all the adjectives which we put it on the cow but that cannot exist unless the substratum on which we superimpose all the adjectives of the cow any object for that matter whether it is orange or a cow or a human being whether i arvind or venkat or anybody for that matter we are all nothing but the sat and chit that existence and awareness on which when i assume a name arvind i call myself arvind and my world of experiences when i relate it as my adjective as my world of experiences i create an individuality which is called the i but all these things are dependent upon my awareness without my awareness in my deep sleep there is no i no arubind no my world of experiences nothing i remain in the pure awareness this is what is to be understood so if i so if i would be pregnant is that why i see pregnant women everywhere uh, because it comes in my awareness because you you're focused on an attribute and that is why it shows up and it gets more there's nothing called more or less it is attributes only what you see if you are seeing it more means uh, it is a mind mental thing nothing to do with the reality the mind okay. projects what you want to see it okay so the awareness uh, becoming aware of it 
has nothing to do with that. Nothing, nothing. Awareness has no authorship or doership. No. It's just, it's, 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 just, it's just a, a sun, the sun, it, yeah, it is just like the sunlight. Sunlight per day yeah. doesn't prompt everybody to get up and go to work. But the presence of the sunlight, everybody does that. So you cannot yeah. this thing just say that doership is on the sun. Because the sun rose, I had to go for work. No, that is not the way we look at it. No, I understand but, that. Yeah. It is, it right. is the awareness that more people are pregnant. You just become aware. It is not an, an labeling, but it is like an, um, it comes to your awareness. Right. And where you right. concentrate more depends upon your mental attitude. Yeah, of course. But uh, yes. uh, without the concentration, you just yeah. kind of notice. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, whether you're pregnant you. or whether whether you're a patient, you will find everybody has got some sickness. You know, some people look at that way, right? Yeah. No, <laughs> the, the people who have got diabetic or BP, they discuss between themselves always that only, you know? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Right. Namaste, Srinivas. Namaste, Bindu Namaste. Oh, yeah. I'm in some kind of travel, so I couldn't attend the session, but oh, okay. the last, last few minutes was beautiful, yeah. Hello, Namaste. Um, I just came up to request that probably it would be great to end this room when you end with a little meditation on Om as an experience. Thank you. Meditation uh, and Om meditation has to be done by the individuals in uh, very private environment, not in a room like club or a meditative hall where it is a joint thing. It is a personal travel. In a personal travel, you cannot carry passengers with you. So I won't recommend it. Bindaji, good evening. Uh, good so evening. The basic Bindu. question I have is that in the same Upanishad, when it goes to the one extreme uh, of uh, in a total non-duality, and then it also is telling about the meditation. Effectively, it's a meditation, right? So I was wondering, like, you know, what is the overall intent? Uh, uh, what, what, uh, what is the intent of the author specifically? The, Meaning, the, uh, it's like, it seems at a very high level, you know, what is it that they, they're saying ultimately? No, basically, it is addressing two levels of students. The Rishi, when he is addressing the group of students in his audience he first explained the the you know the highest possible philosophy but he could see that there are some mediocre students who are looking blank in his face without understanding for and making them understand he has used the same omkara for Bringing the same parallel between the Jagrat Sapna Sushupti of the mantras with up to seven and the same aspect of merging of that, you know, the dependency of Jagrat Sapna Sushupti is to be dissolved in that, in the, in the Turiya. Nanda Pratnanda Vipratnam, that mantra, what is say, Satma Savitneya. Same way, here also he brings Akara Ukara Makara and the Omkara. The Amatra, which is coming in the 12th mantra, will be, will deal it in, deal in the Friday's thing. 
in that he is bringing the same thing the turi aspect of it so he is not actually talking about two different aspect one is no, I... knowledge the other one is is dependency for you know a mental uh, practice for those who have not been able to immediately grasp the intellectual aspect of it no but savala shravana samakale eva jnanam is what the shankara's explanation says that those who are no cannot carrying any baggage or any presupposition or preconditions in their mind for them the seventh month seven up to the seventh mantra is enough he will he has to he will get up and go he doesn't need to hear anything more but for those who are still looking at it to something to hear more this mantra up to 12th is being told and still those who are still not understand gaudapada writes another three more chapters for explaining further same thing so there is no intent from the point of view of the other which you can bring in because he is not addressing one person he is addressing a set of students who is studying under him yeah yeah that interpretation is of course valid but uh, since you gave clarification that uh, shankara actually says so explicitly says so then of course we take it as true but uh, i was somehow thinking that like you know it doesn't it's only interpretation but it may not be actually said that uh, i mean it is not actually said in the upanishad itself is my assumption it was but i think it's okay no. if shankaracharya only himself no, says that then yeah there no other thing now if a rose flower is given to your hand and it is told that we you know this is the rose do you need anything more to be done to know that this that is rose nothing nothing that is what is called ch- ch- no shravana samagale eva jnanam you knew what it is what is rose and how does it because you have a pratyaksha jnanam and you have a direct experience of the f- holding of the flower the smell of the flower comes from that all sorts of experiences showed you what a rose stands for but in the case of our own reality what is our nature even though we are this very moment we are that we are not able to shift ourselves to that reality and see the rest of our experiences unless the upanishad takes us step by step analyzing our own experiences of waking dream and deep sleep and beyond that but the one who knows that okay i am the one who says that i had a waking i had a dream and i had a deep sleep so i have to be different from that because the experiencer has to be different from the experiences so that is how they think so that is my nature ekatma pratyasaram when the prapanchopashamam takes when the world of experiences dissolves what remains is the ekatma pratyasaram that i alone is existing that is the thing that is my atma that is myself and that is to be known satma sabitneya that is that to be known when it says that light is just like the rose in your that shankara says in some other place like a marble placed in the palm you cannot but understand it is the marble in your hand there is no way you need to do any jugglery or any meditation to know it is a marble in your hand you know 
because at some point you're going beyond the antakarana so i'm just wondering uh, if you have some added insight about the chitta vritti see basically chitta vritti nirodha is a methodology given by patanjali in his yoga sutras yoga chitta vritti nirodha is the sutra for patanjali sutra what does he say that chitta vritti to know that chitta vritti you should know what is vritti vritti is the flow of thoughts when it is happening in the chitta in the andakarana is all our experiences are included in it there is no experience without a thought so to reaching a state of thoughtlessness by controlling the nirodha means to by restraining the thoughts you can reach a state of thoughtlessness is what patanjali says about it but there are steps which is required and qualifications required for that to be successful and achieved by the one who is practicing it so one who studies the yoga uh, the thing patanjali yoga sutra fully will be able to understand that what are the prerequisites yama niyama asana pratyahara all those things are being talked about the prerequisites for a upasaka and then how does the chitta vritti has to be done pranayama pratyahara you know sadharana dhyana samadhi all those things will come one after the other so it's a it's a it's a subject or it's a science of by itself but that is different and what is a jnana samadhi or sahaja samadhi which is there the upanishad samadhi is called a sahaja samadhi sahaja means born along with it. all of us are originally in the samadhi state we lost our samadhi state when we started experiencing the world so when we when we are experiencing of the world stops prapanchopashama takes place we get back to the sahaja samadhi state or the our own true nature this method of jnana samadhi or sahaja samadhi is different from the yoga samadhi state yoga samadhi the you vithanam will take place means you will be not able to restrain your thoughts always you can bring come to a state of thoughtlessness hold on for some time time is a measure you can take depending upon the practice you can do that but you will not know that state is my nature unless you have that jnanam for it that has to come from that jnana samadhi that state of thoughtlessness is my true nature is not possible in the chitta vritti nirodha you you will your chitta vritti will stop 
but that state is my real nature is not known the, in that state thank you thank you bindu ji thank you namaste to namaste bindu ji namaste bindu ji first of all i oh. thank you for this beautiful session and uh, i just have one question like tutturiya is uh, known as fourth state why it is known as fourth state because it is only the substratum of all three states it's not uh, like regular these states like uh, jagras sukti and uh, sopna right yeah okay now imagine you have a circular canvas in which you are putting three colors red green and blue okay now if i want to say that what is canvas i have to say that is what is not blue what is not red what is not green but on which the red and the blue and the green is existing so that is a, that becomes the fourth in the way of explanation but not in the form of a separation it is in the substratum in which you have the waking dream and deep sleep happening without the substratum nothing will exist the individual has to be there for the experiences and the individual is in the waking is not the individual which is there in the dream it is not the individual which is in the deep sleep so every experience nullifies the previous experience but there is a knower that these changes are happening so he has to be different from the three like the green yellow i mean green red and blue are not the the nature of canvas canvas the colors were superimposed on the canvas same way jagrat sapna sushupti is superimposed on the substratum of the awareness therefore it is measured it is not the fourth part but it is the fourth not as a part as a whole thank you bindu ji thank you all